Welcome to the Mothers You Know podcast. Thank you for being here. This is a place where we as women remember the spirit God gave us. We know how much we matter and we believe all things are possible to them that believe on this Savior Jesus Christ. Here at Mothers You Know, we support the parents of young men in the Sons of Healman and young women in the Daughters of Light programs at Life Changing Services. These programs provide therapeutic and mentoring services for youth struggling with depression, anxiety, self-harm, pornography, and any other unwanted or difficult behaviors. We offer parent support, training, and resources for mothers and fathers seeking the best way to support their loved one. Any mother is welcome to join in the Mothers Who Know classes support and training. You do not need to have a child in life-changing services to join in. We hope you'll join us. I am Karen Broadhead. I serve as the director of Mothers You Know, and I serve as the parent support specialist at life-changing services. I invite you to join with me and other mothers from across the country in our Warrior Mothers Who Know online support and training group. If you have a child struggling with pornography, depression, anxiety, or other difficult behaviors, you will find a safe and uplifting place to learn from other moms and learn principles and strategies to best support your loved one. Please go to motherswhoknow.org to find the online meeting details. We talk about difficult things here with the intent to shine light in dark corners and to eliminate isolation and shame. We are mothers with warrior hearts who are raising the warriors of this generation. We know we must learn to fight well for ourselves first, then we can confidently support and cheer on our loved ones in the best ways. Welcome back and happy holidays. If you're listening to this, we are posting this right before our Christmas holiday for everybody. And I'm here today with Maurice Harker. And I said, hey, could we please talk about something that, oh, it seems we always have a hiccup right here. And especially if you're in a circumstance where you're like, we've been working and sweating for a while over some things and we finally found this resource or maybe an answer to the self-mastery issues that we're having at our house we want to do better i'm learning a little bit as a person that's supporting them or i'm learning a little bit as the person who's in a recovery program right oh yep 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 Right. But what we're noticing is it's the holidays. And as we go into the holidays, we're thinking we don't realize that everybody that goes into a schedule change and a heightened level of expectation has, they get kind of weird. Everybody. They get weird. They get Every really weird. Yeah. Yep. It's like we're all, we all get a little weird. But the, the thing that we don't notice is how weird we all are. We only notice how much more maybe our loved one who's in re trying to get to a place of recovery or maybe has been in recovery and then relapses mm -hmm. on the holiday we don't that's the biggest loudest thing that that's what's weird that's what's off is that I'm not different they're different right and so it'd be i just think it's because we're all focused on you know okay. that's the pain point so we're all hyper focused on it and 
Anyway, it's just a big deal to, to notice that, yeah, we can have a, an expectation of what it should be and not take into consideration where we're at and not realize that we all get a little bit different when schedules change. And then when there's the expectation of the holiday, we're like, dang it. And so I don't think as a supporter, we go into it with our eyes wide open. And as the person in a program trying to do some really good fighting, maybe we don't go into it with our eyes wide open either. And so I thought, can we talk about that? Yes, let's definitely talk about that. Yeah. There seems to be a expanded or magnified application of what I call celestial orientation. Now, for those of you who haven't heard this term, somewhere along the way with my work with people, I started realizing that it's most noticeable in women, but it's also found in men, a instinct, a pull, a drive that is likened to what whales have and geese and salmon and ducks, where they have this unexplainable draw to go to a certain place that is somewhere deep in their animal memory somewhere. Well, in my experience with people, there seems to be a similar pull towards that which is celestial or the, th the way things should be. So let's take, for instance, a mother, mm -hmm. right? A mother who is experiencing this celestial orientation all through the year, things as they should be. But then as Christmas and the holidays are coming, there's even a little surge of, you know, how things should be when we go into the Christmas holidays. People should be nice to each other. We should have Children, a plan. We should have a plan. Should volunteer to help put up decorations and clean the house with a smile on their face mm -hmm. and husbands should be conscientious and i should and, be nicer than usual and i will i will be nicer than usual because i i just will you yeah. know radiate in the the christmasy sun and children will be obedient mm -hmm. and children will be attentive to their responsibilities and satan will not tempt anybody mm -hmm. And he will stay home and yeah. or go live with the Grinch for a few weeks. Mm -hmm. And my sons will be good boys and my daughters will not be like that. Yeah. <laughs> and my husband won't get frustrated and I will just be adorable. Yeah. And we will smooch under the mistletoe and make lots of commitments with markers and color boards for the New Year's. <laughs> and it'll just be great. Yeah. And we it'll and it'll all happen like Bing Crosby's White Christmas, where spontaneously we will burst into song with no plan whatsoever, with and, newly found friends. Right. And don't forget that it always smells amazing. And it smells something's amazing. cooking, and you know it's just always amazing like that. There's always mm -hmm. something exactly what you need to eat. It's right there. Yes. Yep. It's right there. So now let's talk about it from a young man's perspective. Okay. Young man's perspective is similarly celestial. No schoolwork. No teachers telling me what to do. A break from sports, probably. Okay. Mm -hmm. All sorts of free time when my parents don't tell me what to do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right now in my house, we're noticing it's almost Christmas. 
the semester just ended. I just finished all my tests for this semester. That was a lot of work. Mm -hmm. So I get a break. I don't have to help anybody with anything. (laughs) So I can now do everything I've always wanted to do, like hold still, watch movies and play video games until I turn to bold. And I like it. Okay. Or go shopping with friends. I can't do girls as well as I can do boys. But, and then husbands are like, then I get to go snowmobiling with my friends and no one can stop me. And no one's going to ask me to do so. This celestial orientation is this accidental vision of an ideal arrangement. And most people, as part of their ideal arrangement, include, and Satan won't even show up. Mm. He's going to leave us alone and have us let us have a wonderful Christmas. Okay. When he's the Grinch. When he's the Grinch, but he's such a friendly, sneaky Grinch. He's just stealing it. Yeah. He's a still Christmas Grinch. And so, first of all, to acknowledge for yourself and for those around you that we all wish we didn't have to take anything serious. Fine. We can read the baby Jesus story and even do a nativity scene with white towels on our heads being sheep or whatever our kids want to do. Okay. And mooing like cows because that's what little people like to do. But so the challenge. I just have to say, or if you're like President Eyring, he said that they would go all the way into the Samuel Lamanite part of the story where he, he would prophesy that, hey, Jesus is coming. And people would throw you know, things to add him on the wall. They used to throw, what did he say? Balls of tin, tin, what tin is it? Tinfoil balls. Tinfoil, yeah. They'd roll it out into balls and they'd throw it at Samuel the Lamanite until someone would start crying and they decided, okay, maybe we should not throw those anymore. <laughs> anyway, that's pretty. The spears are not supposed to hit me. Yeah, as right. As we throw tinker toy sticks at each other. Mm-hmm. All right, so it's not very fun to that Lamanites are still Lamanites. I mean, even we Americans celebrate that George Washington attacked people. George Washington attacked people on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we could call him the evil one of this of the time period. But the word that comes to me that's very loud and very helpful is at the end of the Book of Mormon, the single adjective used to describe Captain Mormon personality Mm -hmm. is sober. And for me, the term from the scripture sober means something different than it does now. It meant I'm down to earth enough to make plans according to reality. I don't have a lot of feelings about it. I don't get angry about it. I don't get sad about it. I don't get excited about it. It just is what it is. And so... As I'm preparing for the next 24 hours, I'm including going shopping, I'm including making dinner, I'm including helping around the house, and I'm including the most likely time that Satan's going to attack. Mm. And I just put it on the calendar. I'm working on this thing called a battle planner, and one of the unique features of it is it's the first planner I'm aware of that encourages you to schedule the next satanic attack. And actually put it on your calendar. 
And in the same way that you get ready to go to your mother's house for Christmas dinner, you get ready for the next satanic attack because you know where it's coming, you know, in what form it's coming and you get prepared for it accordingly. Mm. And so when it shows up, you're not surprised. Yeah. And so we want people to be prepared for unfortunate events in the same way that they might be prepared for fortunate events. Yeah. So when you're thinking of, you know, Captain Mormon and that sober, I'm just thinking if I could tell you what I think I'm, what I'm hearing you say is like, it wasn't that he didn't have faith, that he didn't believe in God that he didn't have all the truth he needed to know what celestial orientation was. But because this is our circumstance, this is really where we're at, I have to accept where I'm at and have faith. And, okay. Having faith, an important phrase in Hebrews says, and they had faith in that which was true. Now, part of something being true is You can't have faith as an athlete that you're going to break world records at the Olympics if you don't actually do the workouts and the exercises that come with it. You can't expect to win a battle against a 7,000-year-old genius like Satan if you don't do the workouts and the exercises and the appropriate protections in place. And so we have been hoping that using some of President Nelson's mindset of be intentional, have your brain involved in the process, so when you plan your reading, part of your border patrol, your manpower, you plan the right amount of reading for this day, mm-hmm. the right content, the right substance. And then you plan your writing. Similarly, you might have a template that says, I want to do 10 minutes of reading, 10 minutes of writing and 10 minutes of prayer every day. But as the day arrives, you go, wait a minute, I'm going to be in the car with family. I'm going to be driving. I'm going to be I'm showing up late. We're going to have a lot on our plates. So maybe my reading should be 15 minutes of listening to scriptures today, as opposed to reading with a marker and concentrating with a pen for an hour. Mm-hmm. So each day I have to adjust my reading requirements to match the demands of the day. Sometimes I'll be teaching the spiritual psychology master class in the next 24 hours. And I want to spend extra time in the most recent conference talk or come follow me lesson. And so I'll set aside an hour or so to really read and ponder and take notes and, and highlight and prepare. But on another day, like Thursdays, I am in meetings and with clients for 12 hours. And so I don't give myself as much of a reading assignment during that time. So I'm still being intentional. I'm still planning, but it's accommodating the needs of the day. So it's like a little contingency plan. Mm -hmm. As we would support with any military, have your ideal plan, but have your contingency plan based on wisdom. So we want people to make wise adjustments, not mood-based adjustments. If I was to say, well, I just don't feel like reading that much. I just don't feel like writing. That's not a wisdom-based adjustment. (laughs) If you make the adjustment in in advance, it's usually a wisdom-based adjustment. If you make it in the moment, it's usually a mood-based adjustment, usually. But sometimes you have to make a change just because it's wise. So what we hope people will do as they come into the holidays is, and I had a really good experience with a young man who's a college student, and he was really afraid 
because he's really busy during his last week of school with finals and stuff like that. But when we talked about, he's all, man, I'm worried I'm just going to crash and burn over the holiday before school starts again. And I'm all, why are you worried about this? Because I have before. And I go, well, what's your plan for the first day of the holiday? He's all, what do you mean? What's my plan? Mm -hmm. And part of his brain's all, but it's a holiday. I don't want to plan. I don't want to have to plan. Totally. Well, that's a common thing amongst most of us that we don't want to make plans during the holidays. Mm -hmm. But you don't even have to plan the whole day. What is your plan to be anxiously engaged in a good cause instead of having a lost battle? At your most vulnerable time, he did some analysis and found out that mornings are the most dangerous for him to behave contrary to his value system. So he just started setting up a plan. He realized that he has to make the decision the night before and he has to come up with some invigorating passion project type thing. And he's a music student and he loves his instruments that he plays and he needs to do some practicing over the holidays as well. I'll just plan to do my practicing the first thing in the morning. And then I don't have to wait for other people to get up and do something with me. He's all and then the night before, I can just plan what I'm going to practice and then get enthusiastic about it and look forward to it. So that was one of his solutions was he just, instead of trying to find time to practice as the Christmas season was ending so that he could fit in all of his practice hours, he's all takes away the stress of waiting for the last minute. I enjoy it anyway if I do it on purpose. Yeah. He's all, how weird that I would tell myself to practice without waiting for my parents to do it. Because he's in that transitional stage of, I used to practice because my parents made me, but now I practice because it's what I want. Part of that transition from boyhood to manhood. Yeah. It's where you now govern your own time. Right. So those are some of the thoughts with respect to the young men. Mm-hmm. So one of the angles I think would be helpful maybe for those that are supporting is we often, yeah, connect our interpretation of whether this was good or not or successful or not to the fact that, you know, to somebody else's performance, somebody else's behavior instead of thinking. Mm. So as you're talking about a plan, how a young man can plan to go into a holiday, I'm thinking, so if I'm planning to go in the holiday, right into the holiday and I am also considering well how do I want to show up and what's a win just according to me is that what you're getting at not over there looking over there so moms especially have a struggle with this because if you're not being intentional it's really easy for moms to define their success based on what other people do mm-hmm. you know how well does everyone get along when they come over for christmas dinner How well does my son do with his battles while it's Christmas season? So you got to be really careful. And I really like how Karen put that on the table, because if you don't intentionally plan out what measures you're going to use for your success, like I gave people opportunity to have a bonding experience. I made an effort to soften someone's heart so that they could enjoy everyone else's company. I plan some edifying reminders for my son and I executed those reminders with that doesn't mean he succeeded but I'm pleased with my efforts Mm -hmm. 
So moms, the most important thing to do is make sure the way you measure your success is based on things under your control within your stewardship and not based on what somebody else does or does not do. And that's a very common Western philosophy that is not in harmony with the gospel. Never does the gospel say you will be judged based on what your kids do or based on how everyone got along at Thanksgiving dinner. Mm -hmm. Sadly, some people in our culture might judge you according to that, but that would mean they're not even following the religion correctly. Mm. So be intentional about what you use to measure your success. Okay. What have you learned with that, Karen? I know you've been working on that for quite some time. As you approach this holiday, if you were to do it practically perfect in every way when it comes to your like self-expectations, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. what would your expectations of yourself be, for example? Oh, well, there's something we talk about all the time in our mom power training, and it is there's only one. and Part of that lesson is, you know, it's to identify, well, there's only one savior, there's only one enemy, and there's only one me. There's only one battlefield that I can win on, and it's my field, right? It's not your field, it's my field. And so how do I define that for me? And one of the things that helps us so much is to understand, like, where our power is, like, one of the things we say in Mothers Who Know is, you know, we are the atmosphere angels that darkness fears, right? Like we have a skill there that is uniquely ours that nobody else can bring to the table, right? And so, and when it's done right, we're the atmosphere angels that darkness fears. And so, of course, he would be highly intent on tormenting us to make us define success or according to somebody else's behavior or whether or not we help them enough so that they didn't have the lost battle or whatever. But anyway, the thing that's so helpful is the spheres. So we're atmosphere angels. So it's these spheres of like you have this, your own sphere of power. That's the field that you fight on. And Satan's going to try to pull you off that field by distracting you into thinking, I, I really don't have to take care of this sphere of power. I need to instead pay attention to all the people I'm helping and go influence that. But we literally can't if we aren't taking care of our sphere of power. If we're not doing that, then we, we're like a pawn in Satan's game, right? And then, you know, then there's this whole other sphere, which is God's business. So there's only three kinds. Of, <laughs> there's only three kinds of business. That's what we okay. the simple way to say it. Okay. And then I'll be done with this little lesson. But it's okay. the, yeah, there's your business, my business, and God's business. Whenever, mm. whenever I am outside of my business, I am miserable. When I was in Detroit, they had another one called Nunya. Nunya business. Oh, there you go. That's that Nunya business. That's Nunya. Nunya business. Do they say that? That Nunya business? That Nunya business. Yeah. So Karen, would you give us an example of a mother doing it 
perfectly right when it comes to her awareness of her atmosphere angel elements with respect to a son who is not yet perfected the art of self-mastery. Maybe he's up to two weeks, maybe he's up to four, maybe he's even up to six weeks. Mm. And the mom is afraid that he's going to lose battles during the Christmas holiday. Mm. What would be an example of a mom's efforts that would be classified as within her sphere? Yeah. Oh, this is really hard. This is a hard place for moms to go first. And it is start with yourself, right? That's a what? Really, that's a really hard place to go first. Start with but yourself. I'm not the one with the problem. Why would I start with myself if I'm not the one with the problem? Right. What are you even like, talking about? Because it's because we the distortion there that Satan uses to pull us off our field is you have to make sure everything's in place for this person, right? That could lose a battle. That's where we focus first is how are we going to help that? What are we going to have in place for that? How can I talk to them beforehand? Will we be thinking about it? Will we have all that in place? But all that comes from a place of fear. And we don't, we don't, we don't have a spirit of fear. We have a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind, right? And so, oh man. So for me, I think the, the ideal, first off, it would have to be asking myself, what do I have and what don't I have? Right? What do I have that I can bring with my gifts? Because my atmosphere angel gifts aren't exactly like Susie's sitting next to me, right? Mine are going to be different than hers because I'm Karen and she's Susie. But we both still have a special daughter of God kind of gift that we can bring. And so, so I can say, what do I have that I can bring and what don't I have? And a lot of that depends on where I'm at in my trauma with all this situation. So if you're saying my son's two weeks in, I'm probably freaking out right now, right? If you're saying my son's been in the program for a long time and and we're getting used to the temperature of this and I've been going to the mothers who know resources, then okay, I'm going to do better. But yeah, so what do I have? What don't I have? And then I would say, yeah. What's in my power? Things like I have the power to be spiritually ready and to talk to God about how my expectations are high and I have some fear. Mm. And that I want, I want to support his work because I'm re- learning that it's not my work to save that, to, you know, watch that and make sure that never happens again. That's not necessarily my work. Yeah. So anyway, I would so just... your, with your gifts and talents, one of the things you would do is just use a, a form of indirect prayer, like talk to God about <clears throat> your limitations and invite his involvement. Yeah. And I would tell him who I knew he was and who I knew I wasn't. The boy? Me and God. Oh, good. I would tell God, here's what I know about who you are, and here's what I know about who I am and how I might approach this that wouldn't be very successful. 
do with your personality, gifts and talents? Is there anything in particular you would do directly with your son? Yeah. Yeah. Likely I would ask him directly. All right. We're about to go into the holidays. And we are both learning a lot. We're, we're adjusting to this training, to this new level of awareness that we have about the enemy and about how God can help us, but we're, we're practicing. I might ask him to think about a few things he's going to be aware of that he's going to practice and be doing during the holiday. And I would tell him, I'll be thinking about it too, but I would give him some minutes to think about it, maybe a whole day and just say, here's what, I don't want to be a freaky mom. I want to be a supportive mom. And I get to be a freaky mom when I get afraid. And so in order for me to not be afraid, I need to just say, the reality is we're both learning and I don't want to be a freaky mom but let's do some practicing. How will you show up so that I know what to expect and encourage you in? And I would ask him how I could support him. Is there something I can do that will be edifying for you, empowering to you, not mm. freaky momish, right? I want, <laughs> I, want, I want it to be edifying. I want it to be empowering. And I want you to know that, yeah, this is your battle. But I also see that I have a stewardship here, and this is my home and my heart, right? I can't just ignore it. What do you do if you use your premonition, motherly wisdom to look into the future and you see that the plan is not going to work and your son is probably going to have a lost battle during the Christmas holidays before New Year's resolution? What do you do with that, Mom, if your prediction is failure? Yeah, then that's why we have the motto in Mother's You Know that it's stay by the tree, sister. What, is, what does that mean in this context? That means... Right, so it, it, it refers to Lehi's dream and how all those distractions and obstacles that were, you know, keeping people from the tree and all of the different things, but also this iron rod that took them directly to the tree. And just knowing that iron rod is always there and takes you to the tree. So knowing that the tree is the enabling power of Jesus Christ and that I can do all things through him, even watch you lose battles. But doesn't that ruin your day? Totally. Sometimes it just breaks our hearts and makes us cry and makes us a little sick. And ruin Christmas? Well. Depends on where you're at, right? That's why Mothers Who Know is so important because over time you start understanding, I can stay by the tree. Jesus Christ is in this fight with me and I'm supporting his work with my son. And even though I see a lost battle as a total fail and a backslide of great, great, what's the word? Great. Promotion is the thing that's coming to my mind, but that is not the word. Great <laughs> momentum. Anyway, I see it as a, as a monumental backslide. That's what I see it as, right? If, we're, if that's what's happening. But if I understand that 
if God is doing his work with my son and he's not disappointed, he understands self-mastery and the human experience, and he knows who Jesus, his son is and who he is, and he knows the muscles that my son needs that to me look like, don't flex that muscle. It's going to kill you. Do I mean? He knows, no, you need, mm-hmm. this, you need this muscle in this world today. And so, so to me, it looks like a big fat fail over there. And mm. to, God, to God, it looks like, you know, one more piece of the puzzle for the progress muscle. For us young men, for us when we are young men, there are different rules with respect to how wives should respond based on my training and my experience. I want moms to not ignore their true human reactions, but when you're done being sad and when you're done being scared and when you're able to recenter yourself and stay by the tree and return to the tree, keep in mind that, that the polarization of either end of the spectrum are not helpful. The very involved mother or the uninvolved mother Mm -hmm. or father neither one is helpful amen because we and that leaves a lot of gray area but because we have learned so much over 100 years or longer over the body and weightlifting and exercise we are very much aware of this thing called growth tension the amount of tension the amount of pressure the amount of difficulty that is ideal for an individual to grow to the next level, to the next level, to the next level. Yeah. And so every weightlifter, every runner, every, everyone plans, every inventor plans on failing many times because you have to push yourself to the limit, which by definition is your limit, which means you now fail in order to get the strength to try again. And gaining sexual self-mastery is one of those things that is an ever-challenging sport And no, it's not a sport where you just do it for fun because that would be fun. It's more like a war because we would just as soon have control, but we don't start with control. We have to acquire it by learning to beat Satan and his legion. As President Nelson reminds us regularly, the adversary is not a figment of your imagination. You actually are fighting an intelligent entity. And so my request of mothers is to... Think of yourself like an athletic support person. There are things about the sport that you may not understand, but you show up to the game and cheer anyway. Mm-hmm. You want to help and you want them to have pressure, but you also want them to feel support. And, and there's this tug of war in your head. Do I encourage more pressure or do I soften and be more supportive? And the answer is yes. You know, one of my favorite books on human development is Scott Peck's The Road Less Traveled. And two-thirds way through that book, there's a chapter called Love. And he said something really important in the beginning of that chapter where he said that some parents are really quick to say yes, and some parents are really quick to say no. And neither one of those parents are really showing that much love. He said, true love is when you agonize over the yeses and the noes. Mm. When you take a moment and you go, well, I could say yes, and I could say no, and I'm now going to agonize over what's wise today. So parents, please let yourself know that when you are agonizing over what to do, you're probably doing it right. 
Okay. If you take the time to go, should I be more lenient or should I be less lenient? Should I be more involved? Should I be less involved? I know we all have a strong temptation to simplify things and just make a decision once and for all. But true love is to continue agonizing because tomorrow is going to be a little bit different than today. And the rules need to be attended to a little bit differently today. And so as you are planning for yourself, I'm going to do this day with this much involvement, this day with this much involvement, this one with more, this one with less. Use your own intentionalness as President Nelson wants us to do with our reading and our writing and our prayers. Have a template and a general idea of what you're going to do as a mother, what you're going to do as a father, but then use wisdom to alter that plan and agonize a little bit and say, what is the wisest thing to do today? Should I do more or should I do less? Should I come in hard or should I come in soft? And my promise to you is if you are sincere with your desire to get it right, and this is a testimony I have for a lot of things on a personal and professional level, the atonement will cover the difference. Any gap between what would have been ideal and what you actually did will be covered by the atonement. And whether the other person is aware of it or not, you will deliver the best service possible because you strived, strovid, striven to be wise and fitting for the circumstances. Now, an, an example comes to my mind when you're saying that. You have such wonderful analogies. I think it's one of your brilliant talents. But he, it is, it was so liberating to me to recognize that I didn't have to police my son and make sure that he knew what he could do and what he couldn't do, what was safe and what wasn't safe. Because then I got hyper-focused way outside of my sphere of power, trying to force and watch and make sure things were happening. It was really neat when I noticed, hey, it looks as if my son is off. He's having that I'm somewhere else look and I'm bored and I don't, I had a plan, but I don't feel like doing my plan. And I can see that we're slowly losing the air in the balloon here, right? So it helped me a lot to recognize that my power wasn't to go over and say, hey, looks like you're heading towards a lost battle. Yeah, I mean, or looks like you're off. It was more, hey, can you come help me with something? You know, can you come help me with something? You know what? Oh, I'm trying to lift this thing right here. And I'm just noticing it would be so much easier if you could help me. And, you know, that was really cool when I noticed. When I'm noticing that, if I just can have something that's within my power to do anyway, but that he could mm -hmm. also join me in, that was huge. Another thing was, okay, it's obvious my son has lost a battle. He's acting like he's in a desert over there in the wilderness, and he's treating everybody like we're a bunch of little minions or something. And so we can just, you just know. And so, okay, here we are. And so then they go isolate, and they shut the door, and they don't want to keep the phone rule anymore. And they don't want to, all that stuff, right? And so inside, you're just getting so tormented. 
right? Thinking, what do I do? Go knock on their door and say, hey, you know, or what do I do? I'm right? here to irritate you. Yeah, that's what you want to do because you're like, the this was the yes and this was the no. This is the safe. This is the unsafe. You're doing the unsafe and you did the no, right? So you're just in the torment mode. And so unless you can say, how can I provide an option that will speak to a man brain, that will speak to a boy's brain who he's not in a whole brain space, he's not there. But how can I provide an option, something that he could consider? And so if my son has his phone in this room, I could text him on his phone, right? Mm. I could say. Beautiful. I could say, hey, hey was about to, you know, I was about to make this, or maybe I could actually make something. Like I had one son that I could make just about anything out of peanut butter and he would want it. <laughs> and so I was about to make peanut butter cookies. Yeah. I was just about ready to make peanut butter balls. I was just about ready to make some of those chocolate peanut butter things. Hey, I just finished making some of those and I'm going to put a bunch on the plate for the neighbors, but you can come get as much as you want before it goes. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that, that kind of, I'm giving you an opportunity to come out of that space where you're being held in the darkness and in that, I'm just a loser. I'm just going to stay here and keep beating myself up and then potentially lose more battles, right? But even if he chose, hey, no thanks, then I might text again and I might say, well, how much longer do you think you're, you'll need your phone in your room? You know, something like that is much more edifying than, I don't think you're supposed to have that phone in your room. Bring me your phone. Do you know what I mean? How much longer do you mm -hmm. think you'll need that phone in your room? Mm -hmm. You know, and if they answer again, well, I don't know. You know, I could, you know, just try to get them to a point with some edifying words that sound kind of like, would you like, I have, would you like some suggestions, right? I could even say, I have a kitchen timer. Would you like me to bring it to you? You could set up for the time, you know, so I could start doing funny things, cute things that are like, my mom is so weird, right? So, so I use a weird technique, like in group, we don't have a rule that says you can't have your phone. Oh, yeah. Just in case, like someone has a life-altering death dis experience, sure. But I will use the positive assumption technique. If one kid's looking at his phone a little more than I thought he would be looking at his phone, I'll go, "Dude, we all we all need to be quiet right now because he's talking to someone important. Because the only way that that would be more interesting to him than this group experience is if he's talking to someone important and then." It'll go quiet for a second until he's all looking around going, why is everyone looking at me? Said, I'm just fascinated as to who the person you're talking to that's so important. Is it, is it, is it Trump? Is it Obama? Is it, is it like Kimball? Is it like President Nelson? Who is it? And he's all that's like, true. no, I'm not talking to anyone important. Yeah. And you're like, oh, so positive assumptions are a fun, playful way. I Good. assume, or I'll say like, well, share it with me. They're like, wait, well, you have to be looking up a scripture right now. It's got to be something uplifting and inspiring that could be cool for the whole class. So would you mind sharing it with everyone? You could post up here on the 
on the computer screen so everyone can see it. And like, no, 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 no. So positive assumptions are really helpful with men and young men. I assume they're also helpful with young women because okay. if we use a negative assumption and then we're wrong, that's not very fun. Because if you say, who are you talking to on social media? And they actually were looking up a scripture and then you act like you don't believe them because it's the first time they've tried it in a long time. And then I go, well, good luck if I ever try that again. All I get is in trouble if I look up scriptures. So always start with a positive assumption. It usually saves a lot of agony. That's good. And they can be really playful and fun. I like Karen's thought about being playful and fun. Well, it's good. Good to go into something with awareness because something I'm learning is that increased awareness allows for agency. Mm. You know, the more personal like awareness we have of ourselves, the more choice we have. These concepts we've talked about today are applicable in more than just holiday arenas. Like anytime there's a change in the schedule, like a vacation, a weekend where school is not the way, if, if you're sick and you have to stay home, anytime there's a breach in normalcy, there's wisdom in being sober enough to make a plan. So a combining the idea of a, of a positive assumption saying to a young warrior, I assume that you already have a plan because you're that kind of person that would make a plan. So when were you planning to do your reading instead of you need to make a plan for your reading? You just say, I assume you have a plan for your reading. Now it's not uncommon for us men to make it up as we go. Well, yeah, I was planning to do my reading tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Don't call their bluff. That's just an awkward, embarrassing because yeah, you've just plan. facilitated them making a plan. Just let them make a plan, even if it's right before your eyes. So valid. And now they have a plan. Yeah, good. Good plan. Way to go. Way to think of that on your own. Yeah, good, good. Okay, well, yeah. Hope that is so helpful. We can avoid a lot of mm, really deep disappointment and hardship if we go into something a little more expecting what our role is and expecting what might happen and and set things up beforehand and also know how to respond if it does and doesn't and likely it's not going to be what you think it's going to be yep 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 yeah we look forward to everyone having an edifying and uplifting holiday time yes totally and you know, it is good to point out that we are celebrating the healer, the deliverer. We are celebrating the greatest gift that has ever been given, right? That's really yeah. neat. That's really important to remember, too, when we're thinking of healing and mastering things. We need that guy. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for being with us today, Warrior Moms. I invite you to make a donation at the top of our website, mothersyouknow.org. Any amount you can afford today will help us keep Mothers Who Know services free for all moms. Thank you so much for your generosity. Moms, remember your divine identity and great worth. Continue in your courageous efforts to support God's great work. Notice the miracles you see every day, the evidence of the Savior's love and mercy. Find a message in your message. 
reach out and share the principles you learn in Mothers You Know with other mothers. You are God's secret weapon for good in this world. Finally, a few pieces of information for you. I recommend a few other podcast channels to listen to. Like Dragons Do They Fight podcast, that includes interviews and stories with those that have struggled and overcome something in their life. And the Eternal Warriors podcast, hosted by two YSA young men who share their story, teach valuable lessons, and interview special guests. You can follow us on our social media pages on Facebook under MothersYouKnow.lcs or search for Mothers You Know, and on Instagram, username at Mothers underscore Who Know. Last, if you would like additional support and training, please go to MomPowerTraining.com to sign up for the next eight-week Mom Power Training class for all moms. You can also go to the Mothers Who Know website at MothersWhoKnow.org or our parent company, Life Changing Services, at LifeChangingServices.org to learn more about our excellent services to support you and your loved ones. Thank you so much for listening today. Please feel free to email me anytime with questions or to set up a complimentary 30-minute appointment to visit. Please email me at MothersWhoKnow at LifeChangingServices.org. Looking forward to hearing from you amazing moms. See you next time.